Our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Special episode alert, Dental Insights, your trusted practice mentors. This is a podcast episode where two dental experts, Dr. Kelly Tanner and Erica Flato. We're going to be talking about huge pitfalls, assuming what our patients value and desire. We all do that one. Erica, it is such an honor to be with you again today, my friend. You too. So excited to be here, Dr. Tanner. Thank you. All right. So here's what's going on. Here's what's shaking, Bacon, is that Erica <laughs> and I are going to be doing some special some special episodes for you guys inside of the dental handoff. And you're going to tell us how you like these. So we're going to do, we're just, we're just, you know, crowdsourcing to see how you like these insights and these tips, because Eric and I are always talking in the background about different things, how we are, how we're coaching patients, how we're, how we're helping and mentoring other people. And I thought, we need to make this more publicly available instead of just doing it between us and just offices and serve more people. Right, Erica? Absolutely. Definitely. So Erica, tell everybody about you and who you are, and then we're going to get into our topic. Uh, well, I'm Erica Flato RDH, and I have been a dental hygienist clinically practicing uh, since 2002. I was a dental assistant before that, so dentistry since the late 90s, and I um, have a lot of hours in the op. Uh, worked full time most of those years, um, and I found there was something really special going on in my operatory that was different. And the patients, and the people I worked with, and the doctors were commenting. And I thought, wow, I really developed, it's not the bite wings and the prophy. I really developed this relationship with my patients that was special, that was reaching them in a new way um, that other you know, people in dentistry hadn't seen before. And so I started my own uh, consulting business and I go out and work with, I thought I would just be working with hygiene teams and it ended up working with the whole office. And that's really where the best success is. And I've had an opportunity to uh, podcast and write and spend time with people that are really trying to improve our industry, just like Dr. Tanner. So I'm delighted to be here and super excited to see if something I've learned along the road can help one of you. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it takes all of us to do all the things because 
especially when we're in private practice and when you feel like you're within four walls and you go to CE or you may not be able to go to as many CE courses as you and I do or whatever, because we're at conventions and, and things and have that when you're in the operatory, sometimes you can feel very isolated and absolutely. And so that's where Eric and I were started to talk about. We really need to get this out there more and share some of the love that we share with the practices that we consult. Because Erica, tell them about your consulting experience. And, and that's that's you guys. It's not just us two folks okay. thinking that we you know have it all figured out. These are just the things that we know that we're going to share on these segments that we know have impacted, of course, increased ROI, but that's not mm-hmm. that's not our primary focus. It just happens as a result of what we're doing, right, Erica? Absolutely. It just skyrockets. Um, it ten. It's it, when I say ten x, it's you know ten x's. It could be five x, but it x's all right. of that stuff. But the main thing is that we're providing the value to the appointment and to the patient. So, Erica, tell them some of your experiences. Well, uh, when consulting, I've realized just like with patients, it's a customized experience every time. First, you have to go in and and I assess by asking a lot of questions and doing a lot of listening. And uh, when I do that, I realize where the needs really are. And that's the same in the operatory. It's taught me very well to if all those hours working with patients doesn't teach you a little something about human psychology and about reaching people, listening to them and, and customizing um, their treatment according to their needs um, and their desires. Nothing will. So that's exactly what it's like when I'm consulting. Uh, Cause you know, at first I thought I'm going to put on my Cape and here I am to save the day and I come rushing in and I'm going to fix this offices, all their problems. And they're going to say, we, we couldn't do it without you, Erica. And after a lot of work, that does happen. But it, when I'm when I first go in, I realize that um, the this what I believe and what I value and what's important to me may not be what they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And so, after uh, a lot of listening and a lot of understanding and a lot of discussing with different team members, and then bringing them all together and then working with the, with them individually, um, it's been the greatest success. And also, time spent. It, I realize it takes four seasons to really make an impact with a practice. Spending that time, you can go in and get people really excited in a, a one day rah rah, you know, excited. But the the time spent following up, um, sticking with them through the thick and thin, and um, pivoting and, and adjusting as um, as things come up that maybe we didn't anticipate, and that now we have to uh, face those challenges together. Um, that has been a life-changing, I know it's corny, but a life-changing experience for me Mm -hmm. to make the connections with um, these dental team members and earning their trust. And it's, it's never one size fits all Mm -mm. for what the consulting is. It's, it's, yes, you have your systems in place and, and outcomes that you know that what right should look like at the end of it or a version of it. Mm -hmm. But when you start peeling back the layers, it always looks, there's always so much more to it. And you always realize in other ways that you can be of assistance and help. And yeah. just to create that understanding. And I think this is such an important part of what we're talking about today, Erica, too, that assuming what our patients believe, value, and desire, because yes. we 
we have these judgments that we think we know what they want. And I love this topic. I speak a lot about it when I'm speaking in audiences and psychology of our, of our patient, psychology of the clinician, and how that carries how we interact with each other and through with our patients throughout the day and throughout our profession. So Erica, do you want to start us off in that? Yeah. Well, um, Kelly, I mean, we're, we're caregivers, we're nurturers. We want to just go in and take care of people and bring them in. And then without knowing it, we're forming a judgment about how we can best take care of them. Especially when you're right out of school and you're super excited, you probably see this in the eyes of your bright eyed and bushy tailed students. They're so, they want to change the world. Um, and that's wonderful. And that enthusiasm's there, but but really starting to mature as a, a practitioner and understanding and listening to our patients and meeting them where they're at. Um, what are what's important to them? What do they value? And getting a read on by listening to the things that they say. And even if you got to bring them up to where they're they're taking good care of their health, if they're in resistance to that, it's okay as long as it's it's on their terms and and respectful to their beliefs and their values. Um, sometimes I'll have somebody come in and I think, oh, he's kind of quiet. He's a little rough around the edges. He probably isn't going to want that crown. He doesn't like fancy stuff. This is me as a young, you know, dental hygienist. You never know. You can have the uh, the person that you think is not going to invest in quadrant dentistry come in and just sign on, trust you, say, I want my mouth restored. I want to be comfortable. I want to be able to smile. And here, here I was making a judgment about what I think this person's going to want. So I'm sure you've experienced that mm -hmm. um, as, as you were uh, growing in your career. Yeah, what blew the lid off of this belief for me, and <laughs> it, and and it's 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 still a developing belief because I think we apply these beliefs into everything that we do from the moment we wake up because it's just who it's just part of who we are, right. and it's it influences our every decision, the emotions that we have behind something. If we know that it that it made a big impact, let's say for another patient. And it could also help them. You really want to say, but you have to understand this really helped the other person. You had, you don't know what you're saying no to, you know, mm -hmm. you're, <laughs> but the the thing of it is, is that it's still our responsibility to tell them I had yes. a um, 80, oh my gosh, he was in his eighties. I'll just say that. And when I was a baby hygienist, I was working right out of school and this gentleman, I had been seeing him for probably, I guess for about eight months or a year or something like that. And he comes in this next time and he's got full mouth ortho when he was in his eighties. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> hey, you know, of course, never too late. <laughs> no, but all of us, I mean, we, in the dental profession, we'd love to see somebody in some ortho, don't we? I mean, we right. love to see braces on people. We're Let's like, go back and start this right. Yes. <laughs> I love this look on you. And everybody's like, really? It feels like I have a mouthful of stuff, but we love that. But yeah. I said to him, I said, Mr. Jones, what, you know, I, I absolutely love your smile. What made you take the step and make the decision to get braces? And he said, Kelly, you know, that my wife passed away several months ago. I think it was around six months prior. And she always wanted me to have braces because I always wanted them, but I was saving the money for trips and to spend time together and to do the things that we wanted to do around the house. And I never spent that money. So I did this in honor of her. 
because it's something I knew that she would want for me. Would never have guessed that. We don't know what drives patients. And how many times have we sat there with a an ortho referral slip pad sitting on our counter and, oh, they're 80, you know, we're, I'm not even going to bring it up. You know, the, they have crowding and the, the you know, plaque control is really difficult. Um, their smiles compromised, their bites compromised, their functions compromised. Oh, but they're 80. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's us deciding for them. They can still say no, but we don't get, we get to present ideal treatment no matter what. What do you find that works, Erica, in your experience? Like how how do we make sure that the bias is set over to the side and in its own parking lot and just kind of take that over there, put it in the door and lock it up and be like, okay, bias, stay over there. What do you find that works? Well, I'm sure uh, other practitioners know this, but I have these little conversations in my head when I'm working on somebody like, you should really bring this up. Uh, nah, I don't really feel like today. I'm kind of tired. No, you should really bring it up because it's really important for this person. And so, but there, you know, and then I have these little arguments in my head about, well, you know, maybe it's not going to be the right time. Maybe they're not in the mood for this conversation today. They're too old or they don't, not going to have the money or they're not going to value that. Or they're going to think that I'm saying something about their smile. That's actually going to insult them. Oh, what do you mean? Mm. I need braces. You know, it's all in how you say it though. Um, Sometimes I'll say, Hey, you know what? I'm new to your teeth and I know you've been in this practice a long time, but it's the first time I'm seeing you. Has anybody ever brought up going for an ortho evaluation uh, braces? Some of them say ortho and they know, they're not really sure what I'm talking about. Um, just or for Invisalign or braces, just a consultation. Actually, I, I'd really be interested in that. I, it's like 80% of the time, you know, 20% of the time it's like, nah, I no. But I get to play dumb in those situations. And like, I don't know if anybody's ever brought it up. I'm a new fresh set of eyes and getting over being afraid to have that conversation with them has taken, taken that little conversation in my head to say, you know what, Erica, you're ripping this person off. If you're not giving them the best option for their health. And it, I mean, we're perio, I mean, you can go on and on restorative, but we're just using ortho as the, as the example. I cannot tell you how many times getting over my own fear of bringing it up to them and saying it in a way that is very supportive and not like there's something wrong with them Mm -hmm. and that they need to fix it. And I'm judging them. It's just more like, Hey, has anybody ever asked you about this? I usually bring it up more as a health concern, not an aesthetic Mm -hmm. concern. Like, Oh, you'd look so much better if you would, you know, straighten your teeth. No, it's more, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a hygiene issue down here on the lower anterior teeth. As you know, we're struggling with some bone loss there and um, it's just going to continue because the plaque, it, you know, it's just an ideal place for plaque to sit. And they know that. And, um, and, or if they're constantly having issues with their bite or fracturing teeth, or it can be whatever their specific customized issue has been, but it's typically I make it about a health issue and then I'm concerned. <laughs> Yeah, I I love that approach because that, as we know, this is a lot of what it's it, when you make it about their health. I, I feel like now, even post COVID, people tune in a little bit differently about their health, 
it could, and that's just my experience. I don't know if you've experienced that, but people know more now than they did before COVID because they were looking at the impact of things, especially with the the oral systemic link. It seems like that sort of came to light during and post COVID because of the implications of not being able to access the dentist and being put off of routine with your care provider and Mm -hmm. all of that. But in terms of making it about their health, I 100% always do that. And it's about what's right for them. You know, have you, have you noticed that, have you ever noticed that more plaque gets caught down here with these bottom teeth and that I have to spend more time or that, that your hygienist has to spend more time down there cleaning that area? Yeah, I do. Well, that's because some of this is contributed because your teeth are are overlapping or crowding in that area. Right. And that plaque can, it, it sits there because you can't remove it because of the crowding. Mm-hmm. And then it can affect, start to affect the bone because there's different bacteria, fungus, viruses that are in this. What? Wait, what? Nobody's ever yeah. said that. Yeah. And it's, well, what do I do about that? Well, I'll give you some tips today. Mm-hmm. about how to make sure that you can do the best you can with removing the plaque. But a lot of this is attributed to the crowding. Yeah. Well, and sometimes there, there's, especially in adults, there's a shame factor because they didn't wear the retainers mm-hmm. and you know, what, what 15 year old, a lot of times, and it's just so common, or I went after a couple of years and they said, just don't wear them anymore. You know, it's just, and they're going through ortho a second time they're going, you know, this is, this is going to be something we're going to be redoing. And so that, I just don't give that any, any energy. It's like, we don't sit there and talk about what they should have done, mm-hmm. you know, should, 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 could, I could have, um, my husband's about to go into ortho as an adult for the second time. And that's super helpful. Cause I can just use a personal story and he doesn't care. I'm not violating <laughs> any privacy with him. If I share that with my patients and, um, I, I'll say something like, it's always in lay terms, of course, when I'm speaking to a patient, but it, it's like, you know, we know so much more now than we did then. Um, they did the very best with the with what we knew to do, um, you know, the movement of your teeth, but the way it was done then isn't really the way it would be done now. And they have just newer and better techniques. Why don't you go on over and talk to the orthodontist and Um, just find out they're they're not going to put you in the chair, slap braces on you that day. They're just Mm going to talk to you. They might take an image. Uh, It's real easy. Stand there. It goes around your head. Um, They are just going to talk to you, tell you how complicated it's going to be, maybe how much it's probably going to cost, how long it's going to take. It's seriously just information. And they really, after that, they don't, they don't follow up with you very much and give you a hard time. There is no risk or commitment. It's just info. And that also is such a relief and they get a minute to wrap their head around. Um, It doesn't sound judgmental. It doesn't sound um, like I'm telling them what to do. They just know that I have their best interest at heart when I'm suggesting it like I would to my husband. So how do we know? I, I love that. And so one of the tips that we've just, some of the points is that make it about their health, understand Mm -hmm. that it's your concern and it's just from your experience and that you're there to support them Mm -hmm. as that resource. And then I think too, Erica, what is your experience or what kind of tips or advice do you have on understanding what's going to motivate the patient in that direction? Um, really, I, you, you, I'm sure you experience this too, Kelly, you get body language cues, you get, um, you get language back that's interested or not, you know, when you're bringing something up, 
I can't tell you, I'll, I'll write uh, casually discussed ortho with patient. And that word casually to me cues me into, hey, I brought it up. The patient was, their wheels were turning, but they weren't there yet. So mm-hmm. next, you know, next visit. Um, oh yeah, I see here. We talked about ortho, you know, did you, did you give that some thought? You know, what, did you have any more questions or it's just, it, I, I found that without the pressure or the judgment or the, um, uh, the pushing it just gets so much further with people and I don't have any sort of benefit personally that they go. I mean, maybe their teeth will be a little easier to clean, but, um, it's really, they know it's, my heart is in it all for the benefit that they will receive. Um, you know, the orthodontist isn't sending me fruit baskets or, <laughs> or, or kickbacks or anything. I truly believe in his work. I can say, you know, the one we refer to, I really, really, he, he's great. I've been over there myself. Um, you know, I, we trust him with all our patients. I think you should just go meet him and find out what it's all about. Did yeah, that answer so, your question? Yeah. So no, <laughs> so no pressure, right? No pressure. Yeah. With no that, pressure, and, but continual conversation, unless they have literally said, do not talk to me about that again. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes too, I find that certain things are life circumstances motivate people and a wedding, for instance, can. Yes. Oh can. yeah. But here's the thing is that if people don't even know that your office offers those kinds of services, then they don't know to ask about them and ask for for more information. I mean, if you think about when you go to the eye doctor, which I've been battling dry eye disease for a year. And Mm -hmm. I just now I'm just giving a little bit of my personal story. But every time I go in, I'm just now finally back in context this week, this week after over a year. But every time I go in, they don't have like their list of services on the wall. We offer LASIK, we offer this, we offer this. And so how would I know if the mm-hmm. eye, if the eye doctor offered LASIK, I'm right. now it's more common, but growing up with this, I, I didn't know. So how is the patient supposed to know that you can offer that? So, you know, with the ortho conversation we were talking about and along with the health, you could health of the health of the actual gingiva, you notice you get more bleeding yeah. in this area when you floss, or if you want to go more aesthetic, you can say, does the crowding of the crowding of your lower teeth bother you? Has that ever bothered you at all? And then they're like, yeah, you know, it actually does. So make it personal to them to try to then listen for things that they're caring about and say, well, you know, we actually offer a solution and help patients a lot with that. And here's the information. Here's the, here's what it would involve. I always break it down into like the problem, the consequence and the solution. Here's, here's the problem. It corrects whatever that is, broken tooth, veneers, whatever you're talking about, periodontal treatment consequences if you don't do it. Okay. Right. If you don't do anything, here's what's going to go because it's not going to just magically get, get itself better. Right. Right. And then right. solution. Here's how we usually do it. Here's how long it takes. And the front office will work with you to set up whatever payment plan that's easiest for you. Questions. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about what I just said? Yeah. And then stop well, talking for like 10 seconds, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the, have you ever considered as, as opposed to you should, you should do this, um, you know, and it's, have you ever considered it? Have you ever thought about it? Just very um, non-aggressive and, and, and nurturing in its, in its um, 
origin of conversation. Um, and a lot of general offices are doing, uh, you know, aligners now too. So it's a practice builder, but doctors like really empowering your auxiliary staff, your hygienists and your assistants, because they're the ones spending all the time with your patients and um, really uh, encouraging them and complimenting them on when they are bringing up more comprehensive treatment thought about patients. It's easy for, uh, as a hygienist to just you know, cleaning, 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 x-ray, x-ray, x-ray. And then, but to sit there and take the time and the brain power and the energy for me to um, really want to comprehensively treat this patient and be thinking outside of the box, like things like ortho, um, that, that encouragement and um, appreciation by my doctor is just, it just means the world because it's like, Hey, we're working together. Mm -hmm. We're an extension of each other. And I'm thinking about what he's going to be doing. And he's thinking about what I'm going to be doing. So when I ask him to come in and support me, because I need to take this patient back through periodontal treatment or whatever, it's like, Oh yeah, Erica's the best. She's going to take great care of you. And then I can say the same thing when he's recommending restorative treatment or, or further um, options. How many of you all, yeah, how many of you all, you could comment down below. I know this is going to be coming out. It's soon Erica and I are going to be going live in some other episodes, but um, how many of you all drop a comment, have difficulty doing this, bringing up the conversation, say, kind of getting out of your own way that you can sense that. And then some of you all may not even know that you're doing it, but now that we've talked about it, be more be more aware of it and see if you actually are getting in your own way with bringing up things that you know that the patient could benefit from, like even as simple as whitening. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. there are patients that don't even know that you offer it. And this isn't because you are making a lot of money off of it or anything, but what would happen if you just said, you know, have you ever wanted your, have you ever, does the color of your teeth ever bothered you? Because we actually have whitening solutions, whatever it is, however it is that you want to say that, because they'll usually bring it up. You know, have you noticed that my teeth are yellowing or getting darker? They and will it, bring it up. Yeah. They do. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, yeah, we have some great options. And and if someone's shade's already pretty light, it's like, it's not going to take much. This is going to be a great result. If they're older and it's gray and yellow and you know those those colors are going to take more to oxidize out of um you know explaining to them why our teeth are darker you know why uh the internal part of the tooth showing more um i love to, to just have fun with my patients too so say it's my male patient i know his wife as well and we're sitting there in the chair and he's like yeah i've been thinking about it. and i'm like well what does phyllis think is you know has the color of your teeth ever bothered you and he's like I don't know. And I'm like, well, what does it bother Phyllis? You know, it's like fun to have fun with well, what does your wife say, you know, and, uh, or, or if they're going to be, their daughter's getting married, you know, those colors show up in wedding photos, like nobody's business. The photo photography does not lie. So, oh, what a treat for you. Or when they're done with ortho, it's like, oh, when you get done with ortho, it's going to be really fun. Cause we'll, we'll make you some whitening trays. And then they get excited about that. And it's not, it's not, um, derogatory to their current shade. It's just an exciting, mm-hmm. you know, finale to what they've been working towards. And exactly. that's their great smile. So, yeah. So some yeah. tips that we've given you today are to, uh, to make it about their health, mm-hmm. to make it about them and how you can help them and to get out of your own way, to know that to know that you're just talking about it because you're there to educate them on the options. You're not selling anything. Yeah. You're you're educating. You're telling them. It, it's like if I went shopping for a pair of pants, okay, and I said, I want exactly this. 
and the person, and I'm finding it by myself and I, and I bring it over to the counter and, and they said, how do you like that? And I, I, I like these pants. What, do you think that they would say to me, do you think that they wouldn't say to me, well, we also have other options as well. If you're looking for a different fit, of course they would with yeah. great customer service, they would, because I wouldn't have otherwise known. Have you, I mean, Erica, how many times have you said to the person at the store, but I'm really looking for something that's more like this. And they go, Oh, well, let me show you. Yes. That's exactly what we're doing. Let me show you. Let me talk to you about this. Absolutely. And, um, that, uh, energy, that relationship, that caring by that person, rather than them just being like too busy or not putting in the effort to give you the other options. It's like, okay, I guess I'll just take these pants. I mean, there's no, that's not an experience. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what um, we, what I was speaking to earlier is that relationship and that they're going to walk out of your office, your practice and just be like, wow, that was some really like, like full service. Mm -hmm. I really feel like I have a well-rounded experience in that dental practice. This is different. I'm not used to this. I like this. Yes. And we, we all make decisions based on emotion. And when patients feel cared for that, I love that you said that, that they have had that experience right. that sets you apart, that is going to set them up for their next step up. That's where the magic happens. Yes. There's plenty of dental practices out there and people can just go down the street. And mm -hmm. what's going to keep them coming back is their experience and their relationships. It's not yeah. going to just be the procedures. Yeah. Well, Erica, yeah. this wraps up our first episode, our first Yay! special episode Yay! of Dental <laughs> Insights, your trusted practice mentors. Next time, we're going to be talking about some more juicy stuff. Stay mm -hmm. tuned, Erica. I'll see you soon, my friend. This is great. Thanks, Kelly. All right. Take care. Mm -hmm.